1: Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Wednesday, March 31st, 2021. I am Dave Biddle. I am joined by Matt Baxendale as we bid farewell to the month of March. Ohio State had its Pro Day yesterday with no NFL combine this year. Pro Day had even more meaning than usual. It's always a spectacle over there. No local media were there, but um, you know the you know, NFL Network had wall-to-wall coverage backs. ESPN was there and Big Ten Network was there. The Big Ten Network did a great job with our guy Joshua Perry on the field there. Let's, of course, start out with the man who was at center stage, that being Justin Fields. Now, we'll start with his 40 time. He wanted to run in the 4-3 somewhere, backs. He ran, uh, depending on who you talk to over there, he ran a 4.43 or a 4.44. Either way, that's great for a quarterback. For some perspective here, the last time a first-round quarterback ran this fast at a pro day or at a combine was RG3. Robert Griffin III, back in 2012, he ran a 4.41. So Justin Fields is the fastest quarterback. That's given me a first-round pick since RG3. We'll get to his throwing drills in a moment, but um, good showing there. I know he wanted to run the 4.3s, but he'll take that
0: 4.43. So you want to know a little bit about how good that is? Last year's number one tailback in the NFL draft was Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who did not run a faster 40 time than Justin Fields. Just to give you guys a little perspective on that one. Um, you go back to Josh Jacobs the year before. Do you know what Josh Jacobs' forty time was? He was the number one, uh, picked uh, tailback in the draft two years ago, Dave.
1: Probably in the four fives, probably low four fives. If I had to guess,
0: four six, four six. He's faster, right? I mean, you 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 can look through a lot of the guys who are picked literally to run the football, and guess who had a better time, right? I mean, Saquon Barkley ran a four point four one. Okay. So Fields is essentially the same as Saquon Barkley in the 40, right? Right. That's, that's put it in the perspective like that. And by the way, this isn't a guy who's known as a running quarterback. This is a guy who's known as one of the best passing quarterbacks to come through college in the last five years. So that's incredible to have that kind of 40 time. Frankly, before all this, I figured it'd be around a four five and up. Nope, Mm -hmm. not at all. He's a legit freak athlete. And I think it's, I mean, I'm just going to say it right now. People are freaking stupid if they're going to take Zach Wilson over him. Stupid. All right? Like, that is the dumbest thing I have ever seen in terms of draft over analysis, picking a BYU quarterback who's beaten up on bad teams, who's made some questionable decisions, chucking the ball up against Joker squads, against Justin Fields, who just beat the number one pick in a blowout fashion in a playoff game, right? And a guy who's played against nothing but elite teams in his career. Stupid. And
1: that is how the New York Jets do business, right? I mean, maybe we'll both be wrong. I was wrong about, even though I don't think Daniel Jones is any good. uh, It'd be hard to argue right now that taking Daniel Jones over Dwayne Haskins wasn't a smart move, even though I don't think, again, I don't think Daniel Jones is good, but I thought Dwayne Haskins was clearly the pick for the Giants a couple years ago. I'm convinced that Fields should be the pick for the Jets. I think you're absolutely right. Um, Sounds like Fields is going to go third to the 49ers. They traded up to that pick. Uh, now, there are some people that say, oh, they traded up for Trey Lance or they traded up for Mac Jones. I don't, I don't think that's true at all. I think they for sure traded up for Justin Fields. Let's get into his draft stock. And before we do that, we'll, kind we can kind of do all this at once. I want to get your thoughts. Man, I mean, yeah, he looked good running the 40, but I thought even more. Importantly, was how he looked throwing the ball, Justin Fields, yesterday at Pro Day. I mean, he was just dropping dimes all over the place. And this wasn't just my opinion. You're talking, to, you know, you listen to guys like Daniel Jeremiah, who I really like on NFL Network, just gushing about his performance. Again, he's throwing against air, but he wasn't throwing against air against Clemson and against Alabama. Um, and as Daniel Jeremiah pointed out, he played really well against Alabama. If you go back and watch his throws, it was Ohio State's defense that couldn't get off the field. But Fields actually, um, when you, you know, when you talk to scouts, they thought he played really well in that game. So talk about how you thought he looked throwing the ball backs and NFL draft stock. We both agree. He should go number two in the draft. Where do you think he will go?
0: Well, I think the other thing about fields, it's particularly important to discuss is, is, that, you know, this is a guy The the big com- people's complaints is, Oh, he locks in on an, on a, on a target, right? He doesn't go to his second options. Fields had the best response to that yesterday. He said, well, we're at Ohio state. My first options usually open. Like, what am I supposed to do? Go through four reads just to prove it, even though it's not the right play for my team? Like, I love that response. That's that's the answer of, yeah, uh, look who I'm throwing to. I got Olave, Wilson, and Williams running at an NFL pro day for me, right? Like, there's a reason I throw to my first target usually. It's because he's open. So I love that about him. Um, and I, I think if you go back and watch the an Alabama game, you're 100% right. He played well. He is you remember the Clemson game where he took that big spearing hit and he came right back in? I this recall is,
1: that. I do recall that happening.
0: Yeah, this guy's tough. <laughs> this guy's a good quarterback. I mean, his problem is, is that, again, he has such talented receivers that he almost tries to, like, at one point in the year, it felt like he was getting in trouble. Cause he figured he could complete every single throw coverage be damned because his guys were so good. And he was so good. Like, I th- really feel like that's how fields got himself in trouble in the middle of the year. Whenever he didn't have the quality of games that people were talking about. And by the way, go back to last year, right? Fields last year didn't have a single bad game, right? Like if, if there is, uh, the fates somehow make Alave turn the right way on that 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 pass at the end of the game two years ago. Ohio State may well have beaten LSU in the national championship game, and then are we talking about Fields as the number one pretty clear pick because he's the one who won the Natty, right?
1: Like, Dobbins would have been. I will say this real quick. I first of all, even at full strength, it would have been a great game. Dobbins likely would have been out. When I say likely, definitely would have been out. I think for Ohio State in that game. Yeah. Without Dobbins, I don't think they could have beaten that LSU team. I mean, they, anything could have happened. That was a, I still think 2019 Ohio State's the best Ohio State team that I've seen. And we've seen some yeah, r- great Ohio State teams. Without Dobbins, though, man – Oh, man. I, I don't know if they would have beaten that LSU team. That LSU team was stacked. But that Ohio State team was the second best team in the country that year, for sure. They got screwed against Clemson, which made the 2020 season for me, even though they fell short of the national championship. Um, the fact that they beat Clemson, got that monkey off their back, and then just beat them. They waxed them, embarrassed yeah, they them. they whooped that ass. That's what they did. There you go. There you go. Didn't mean to cut you off there, but yeah, I wanted to throw that in there. Finish your thought. Sorry about that.
0: Yeah, sorry. Justin Fields against uh, Clemson. One game should have won thanks to the corrupt refs, didn't win. Other game against Clemson, whooped their butt. And we're talking about him as the questionable pick at the top of the draft? Let's get real here. So uh, the blunt answer is Justin Fields is at worst the number two pick in this draft. In a normal year, this whole year would have been Trevor and Justin, Justin and Trevor, the whole year would have been about him. And now that we're sitting here talking about, for some moronic reason, Zach Wilson, or don't even get me started on Trey Lance over Justin Fields, and if you think Mac Jones is even in the ballpark, you're out of your mind. My God, you and I would look good throwing passes no longer than 10 yards against the best, the, the, against the top receivers in the country, practically, uh, while being schemed into wide openness the whole time. I mean, it's really easy to hit Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle, who are wide open all the time. Mac Jones, you know where Kyle Shanahan was with the 49ers yesterday? He was watching Mac Jones's pro day where Jones was just missing passes, right? Shanahan traded up to get Justin Fields because he's smart enough to recognize that the rest of the league is for some reason down on this kid. And if the Jets are going to do what the Jets do, which is be really stupid, and the the Jets are always really stupid, all right, D-U-M-B-J-E-T-S, like that's what they do, then Fields is going to go to San Francisco, which is a great landing spot for him on a team that went to the Super Bowl two years ago with another Buckeye and Nick Bosa, who already has been able to essentially take over as one of the best players in the league at his position. So, yeah, I hope to God he goes to San Francisco because he's going to walk in and win a couple Super Bowls out there. This is a kid who is awesome. And this isn't us saying he's awesome because we're Buckeyes. And like we really wanted Haskins to do well. I still think Haskins could do really well if he wasn't in a donkey show situation like he was in Washington. And he's no
1: longer in a donkey situation. Is he uh, my Steeler fan friend? Yeah, I'm really happy about that. I side. bet you are. I bet you are. I am are. really happy. I'm not as happy as you are being a Bengal fan. You know they're going to turn him around, and, and he's going to look like a first-round quarterback, and he's going to be the heir apparent to Big Ben, and I'm going to be crying, and you're going to be laughing.
0: Yep, I'm, I'm, going, to be rocking a, I'm going to be rocking a Haskins jersey until he's in his 30s. It's going to be great. <laughs> guess what? Haskins, like, and this is off topic because we're still talking about Justin Fields, but people forget how good Haskins was that year. Ohio State's a seven-win team that year without Haskins, and they won the freaking Rose Bowl. Like, that's how good the guy is. And they just put him into a a shit show of a situation in Washington where the coach didn't want him, the owner was forcing people on him. And the NFL's had this tendency lately to go, wow, this young kid really sucks playing the hardest competition he's ever played. There's definitely no room for improvement. Cut him loose! So that's the thing for Fields is if he's picked at the top of a draft like this with one of these teams, they're going to give him the opportunity, right? And you want to put him into a team that isn't a donkey show culture like Washington was or like the Jets are. So for Fields, the best case scenario is him ending up at a big time team like San Fran in terms of talent and being run well. Uh, There's a reason San Fran gave up that many picks this early. It's because they believe that Fields is going to be the guy there. It's going to be Lawrence Wilson Fields. Right. And the Jets, like usual, are going to have the one pick that everybody goes, what a stupid pick. So, yeah, and did everything he could, by the way, yesterday to wrap the pro day part up. He's going to be the number three pick.
1: Yeah, totally. And, you know, to your point, like, even though we're both like, this is ridiculous that the Jets are going to take Zach Wilson if they do. And at this point, I don't think it's a smokescreen because we know the Jaguars are taking Trevor Lawrence. There's no reason for the Jets to play any games. Every analyst says they're taking Zach Wilson. Now, people are debating it like you and I are. So, you and I both agree that. The Jets are are making a big mistake here, but for Justin Fields, if I was going to put him somewhere, I would much rather put him in San Francisco than put him in, uh, you know, put him with the New York Jets. So I think that's a good definitely a great fit for Justin if it works out that well. All right, let's move on and look at some of the other Buckeyes that stood out yesterday. I'm going to run through a lot of guys here and you can kind of give me uh, your thoughts on some of these guys, whatever stands out. Tommy Togi. did 40 reps on the bench press at 225 pounds. That's just a little bit more than what backs can do. That was the second most ever at a combine or a pro day. So not too bad there by big Tom, 40 reps on the bench, Josh Myers, 29 reps. I thought that was good for uh, big Josh Myers, Justin Hilliard, 27 reps, Justin Hillary, if it's not for the injuries, um, obviously, I think we'd be talking about him as a very high pick in this draft with the injuries, the multiple injuries, it's, that's going to hurt him, but good to see him do well. Wyatt Davis, 25 reps. Uh, Baron Browning put on a show, 23 reps on the bench, plus. 4.53 in the 40. You're talking about some of his running backs earlier. He ran basically a running back time there. 4.53 in the 40 for Baron Browning at 240 pounds. Uh, we figured he would put on a show. You mentioned that on the show last week, backs. Pete Werner, how about this? Old, unathletic Pete Werner, right, Buck Nutters? How about this? 4.6 in the 40 for Pete Werner. And he looked great in, in his drills and everything he did. So, uh, what's stood out to you the most out of those guys' backs?
0: Well, in the Werner thing, too, since we were unable to be there, right, there's there's some people who said he ran like a four five three or something, too. That was reported around as well. Supposedly he had a 40-inch vertical and a 10-2 in the broad jump, right? Like, Werner's going to be a, a reasonably high pick. He's, he's, he strikes me as the kind of guy who's going to end up being sticking around the league for seven, eight years. And he's always going to be good. He's never really going to be great. He'll probably go in the third round, is my guess. But Werner's showing all the physical attributes you absolutely need. To be a a solid NFL linebacker. So I think he did a lot for himself. But Dave, I'm convinced at this point, Baron Browning is going to be a first rounder. And here's why.
1: Whoa. Whoa. First round for Baron Browning. Whoa. Go ahead. Go ahead. Convinced,
0: right? And if we had done and if we had this conversation this time last year about Damon Arnett, everybody would have said, What? What was he, 20th? So let's be real here. So, I, here's why Baron Browning, to me, is going to be picked in the late first round. Somebody has even become infatuated with the fact that he ran a 4-5, 3 right? That he did all those reps on the bench 23, which is pretty darn good. And if you watch his film, he looks good almost exclusively when you have him attacking the quarterback. Somebody who runs a 3-4 defense is going to take him as an outside linebacker. It won't be the Steelers because they need a tailback. Otherwise, they would be the number one choice by a mile to take him. And I'm still not convinced they won't take him because they just lost um, Bud Dupree. And you have the Steelers always pick linebackers in the first round, right? Browning is the guy in the NFL who we're going to look at in three years and go, wow, he had 10 sacks this year? Because they're going to have people attacking the quarterback downhill, which has been his biggest strength since the moment he got to OSU. As a read and react middle linebacker, he, was, he wasn't very good, right? But when he said go get the football and ran, ran him upfield, he was really good. And we're seeing that now with the physical attributes that people see and people looking at his film and going, man, there's some plays he looks terrible and there's some plays he looks like the best player in the, in the, in the country. Well, the best player in the country plays are all the 3-4 outside linebacker style plays. With his physical attributes now sort of locked in as being good enough, I think he's the late first-round pick. And I, I, you know me, I've, I've had my criticism of Barron over the years. <laughs> but this to me seems like it's shaping up to have – A beautiful draft day for him. I think he's going to be between twenty and thirty. Is his pick? Is is his range this year? Somebody's going to take him. He's just done too much to attract people in my mind.
1: There is a track record of this in the NFL. I mean, all it takes is one, and and they fall in love with measurables, and they fall in love with what happens at combines and pro days. I mean, Taco Charlton, or Taco Charlton, was mostly uh, because he just abused uh, Isaiah Prince all day. Um, and Taco Charlton was a first round pick by the Cowboys. We're all Buckeye fans are like, oh man, that's, you shouldn't be doing that. And Taco Charlton, good young man and everything. Other than the fact that he went to Michigan, you see it all the time. The Bengals do it. John Ross runs what he run. Like he, he said, like the combine record, but he can't catch the ball. So the Bengals it's take four, it two,
0: six or something. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah <laughs> they, they take him like with the number nine overall pick. So, you know, I, I like bold predictions backs. Uh, I disagree with you. But I like bold predictions, so uh, Baron Browning in the first round. And if you're right, you're going to look really good because no one else is predicting that he is mad If backs- I'm wrong, out.
0: and if I'm wrong, well, it was worth a shot because honestly, like I just I I didn't think he'd be any higher in the fourth round by the end of the year. But now, what we're talking about all this stuff wouldn't be wrong one bit. You know what they're going to show in every draft highlight that strip fumble recovery against Alabama, which is exactly the sort of situation you need to put him in to succeed. He's really good at that.
1: That's true. That, that was a very good highlight, and that's definitely his best highlight. Me personally, my favorite highlight is when he just knocked the crap out of Trevor Lawrence when Sunshine didn't even have the ball and he was carrying out the fake. And then, and Barron just deleted him. <laughs> and, and and Trevor Lawrence looks up at the ref like, aren't you going to throw the flag? And it's like, no, dude, you're a quarterback. When you're, when, you're, when you're carrying out a fake like that, Like, you are fair game. Like, What if you still had the ball? Like, like, Ain't that- no SEC
0: refs this year, Trevor
1: uh previous year baron browning remembers you running the ball he uh, unfortunately remembers that the previous year he was not going to let that happen i love that he just put trevor lawrence on his ass that's still my, my favorite play of baron browning all right good stuff out of matt Baxendell as always you can catch his award-winning column every sunday it is the bucket he is the people's champ thanks to Bax. thank you to all listeners out there for tuning into the show hope everyone has a great day let's hear that buckeye swag best damn band in the land <laughs>